In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I beg your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today we celebrate a great anniversary in the life of Saint Jose Maria, October 2nd, 1928, was the day in which our Lord showed him what he wanted of him. He showed him his vocation to be the founder of Opus Dei. It was a day that was very important for Saint Jose Maria because our Lord answered his prayers. Saint Jose Maria, from the time that he was a teenager had been praying these words in Latin, Domine ut vidiam, Domine ut sit, which are translated as, Lord, that I may see, Lord, that it may be. He didn't know what the it was, but he knew that it was something special, something that he intuited with inklings of love, as he said. He kind of knew that God wanted him for something, but he didn't know what. And in fact, that's why he became a priest. He didn't become a priest because it was something that he tended to or that he was inclined to doing. In fact, he wanted to be an architect. He had more talent for that, as he thought. But somehow, after seeing a discalced Carmelite, a barefoot Carmelite, walking in the snow. He thought to himself, what does God want of me? If he can ask that person to walk barefoot, what does he want of me? St. Maria did not see a vocation to become a Carmelite as that man, but he certainly was inspired by that man to ask the question as a teenager in that snowy day, what God wanted of him. A very interesting question that we need to ask ourselves as well. What does God want of me? What does he want me to do? Same as Maria, after that point, from that point onwards, he prayed very intensely, this prayer, Domine ut vidiam, Lord that I may see. And also this other one, Domine ut sit in Latin, Lord that it may be, that it may be, whatever you want it. This prayer, Domine ut vidiam, Lord that I may see, comes from the gospel. Saint Jose Maria placed himself in the shoes of the blind man, if the blind man had any shoes. He placed himself right in his desires, in his heart. He was a blind man. He didn't know what our Lord wanted. But he knew this much, that he wanted to see. 
He wanted to see the will of God so that he can say yes to it, whatever it may be. This is a great example of docility. St. Maria was not inclined to be a founder. He was not inclined to be a priest. He was not inclined to do other things that God would eventually ask of him. But he did them anyway. After considering them in the presence of God and seeing that great fruit may come from them, from his generosity in corresponding to the grace of God. Our Lord asks us for many things that we may not be inclined to carry out ourselves. He may ask us through the needs of others to help them out, even though at times we may feel that we don't have time or that we don't have the talent. But when we consider how much good can come out of these acts of generosity, of magnanimity on our behalf, then the, the story in the gospel of Peter throwing the nets down for the catch when he knew that most likely there was no fish is repeated in our lives. If you recall, Peter, being a fisherman himself, knew that you can't fish during the day. In fact, he had been fishing all night, and he caught nothing. But our Lord, who had come into his boat, who had basically come into his life in a, in a deeper way, was asking him to put out into the deep. And in spite of the fact that he was a carpenter and not a fisherman, in spite of the fact that it was daylight, Peter is docile. Peter drops the nets, perhaps the nets that he had mended and that he had already put away after an entire night's work. But he takes them out again and puts them at the service of God and throws them into the Sea of Galilee. And there, to his surprise, he draws great, a great shoal of fish. And in the same way that Peter fell to his knees and said, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. St. Maria here, while he saw, while he received the illumination about the entire work that he was to carry out during his lifetime, he was deeply moved. And that's why he says, I knelt down and gave thanks to our Lord. And I remember with a heart full of emotion the ringing of the bells of the Church of Our Lady of the Angels. Lord, that I may see. Domine ut vidium. This was the answer to the prayer that St. Maria had prayed for 10 or so years. Amazing persistence. Asking God for graces that will then edify the church, build the church up. What was the content 
of this illumination that St. Josemaria received? What can we say was what he saw? What, what did he intuit? What did he understand was his call? Well, he understood this, that all men and women are called to holiness. Regardless of the type of work that they carry out, regardless of whether they are young or old or middle-aged, whether they are from one country or another, whether they have a kind of um, special, I don't know, um, inclination towards um, piety, if you will, doesn't matter. Everyone is called to holiness. Holiness is not something exclusive to those people who like to hang around a church or who like to, who would have liked to have been a priest or a monk or a nun. It is not only reserved to those people. It is not only reserved to priests and monks and nuns and and people who enter into the religious life. It, it is everyone. Everyone is called to holiness. All men and women, regardless of where they are in society, regardless of what they do as their professional work. That's why St. Josemaria would say that all paths have been opened up. All the human paths can now be divinized. He said that this message that he received on October 2nd, 1928 was as old as the gospel and like the gospel, new. A very interesting way of putting it because it's not something that St. Josemaria invented. It's not something that he came up with after planning it himself. It's not... A, the conclusion of rational uh, syllogism. It is an illumination that he received that is contained within the gospel. And that's why it's as old as the gospel. It's 2,000 years old. And yet it is as new as the gospel because today it has to be lived. It has yet to be put into practice in the way that you and I only know how to put it into practice because we have been called by God uniquely to put all our talents at the service of God in this age that we have been born in, which is unrepeatable. And therefore, it will always be new. This message will always be new. Why is it perennial like the gospel? meaning timeless. Why is it that this is something contained within the gospel? Because if you look at Jesus, Jesus himself was a carpenter. As a carpenter and God at the same time, he was telling us that that manual work that he carried out for so many years is compatible with the divine, 
It is compatible with holiness. Sometimes we think that, you know, if we, if we are not a priest or something like that, that we have not been called, that we have been kind of left aside. People, use, at least back in St. Jose Maria's day when he saw the illumination of Opus Dei, a lot of people, when they wanted to serve God, a lot of people would be asked, well, why don't you become a priest? And if people didn't receive the call to the priesthood, they would get married or they would remain single. And they would say, well, since I did not receive a vocation, I got married. Or since I was not called, you know, I did something else. I went into a different profession than one that is at the service of God. And for St. Maria, that was not the gospel message. The gospel message was that all paths, all work, as long as it is honest, can be transformed into a path where we meet Jesus Christ, where we are divinized, where we actually also help to transform our colleagues and friends who are next to us, wherever they are. So whether our work is that of a CEO or that of a farmer, or whether it be that of a father or mother of a family taking care of our children, or that of an architect or a garbage collector, it doesn't matter. St. Josemaria thought that as long as it has love of God, that profession, or as long as we do it with love of God, as long as we put love of God into it, then that profession can be made holy, and we can be made holy through the carrying out of our work. But there are certain conditions that we have to meet in order for our work to be that path of holiness. First of all, as we were mentioning before, it cannot be something evil. We cannot be asking our Lord to help us commit a robbery because that would not make sense. We have to have an honest type of work where we actually contribute to the common good. But assuming that we have a, an honest job that is not part of the structure of sin, we don't work for a, a I don't know, a, a company that um, produces pornography or, or um, something like that. Assuming that our job is honest, then the first condition is that it be well done. St. Josemaria used to go back to Abel in the Bible. He used to say, we have to offer the sacrifice of Abel, which is contrasted with the sacrifice of Cain. Abel offered the, the best of his flock for God, whereas Cain did not. There was something that, that was displeasing to God about Cain's sacrifice. And perhaps it was 
the fact that he gave kind of the leftovers or the, the, the vegetables that, you know, the crop that wasn't really good. He didn't give God his best. And for whatever reason, God did not accept it. And in order for our work to be the sacrifice of Abel, it has to be well finished. It has to be well done to the best of our ability. Sometimes we, you know, that doesn't mean we should become perfectionists either or obsessed about, you know, doing everything perfectly well. It's making a prudential judgment. What is the best I can do right now given the circumstances in my life? And that's what I will do. For a student, if that means getting an A, then that's what it means. But if, you know, for another student, because he has other responsibilities, he has to perhaps take care of a family and have a part-time job and other uh, duties, and perhaps it means getting a B plus. Because, you know, and that's not a bad thing because he has studied a lot and that's what he offered up to God. It's not in the grade. It's in how much love of God we put into it. It's not judging with human eyes. It's not judging our success with the measuring stick of the world, but with the eyes of God. That's the first condition, that we do our work really well. But another condition is that we, that we do it in the state of grace. Otherwise, we really cannot sanctify it. If we do something without the state of grace, then we really cannot say that we are acting as Jesus would. Because we are missing the love of God within us, that actual love of God. And what we need to do is not only be in the state of grace, but increase the intensity of grace in our lives by going to communion, prayer, sacrifice, offering up small setbacks, all those things, but fundamentally being baptized. And if we have fallen out of the state of grace after baptism, coming back through the sacrament of penance. That's why a plan of life or that plan of our day, how we're going to, what we're going to do for God, whether it be prayer or the rosary or mass or, you know, all those, all that, the sum total of our life of piety is a great way to make sure that our state of grace is very intense while we work. We have to realize that if we are in the state of grace, if we do our work well, and then we do it for the right intention, which is kind of the third condition, then it could be sanctified. This last condition, doing it for the right intention, doing it for God, is very important as well because so many times we do good things for the wrong reason. And we lose all the merit that we can gain from there. And that's why we constantly have to, as St. Josemaria used to say many times, rectify our intention throughout our day, which we do from the very first moment of the day. 
Perhaps when we get up, we think, why am I, what am I going to do today? And why am I going to do all that? And if I think from the very first moment, I want to do it out of love for God. Or as St. Josemaria used to do, living the, the heroic minute, getting up immediately as he heard the alarm ringing. He would say, I will serve, Lord. I want to do everything out of love for you and make a morning offer. Then we will sanctify everything that we do. And throughout our day, perhaps some other intention creeps in because we, we want to do the right thing. We want to work. We want to work well. But perhaps, you know, we, we get vain because we want our boss to see how well we work. Some human intention comes in. Well, as soon as we realize that that is the case, we turn back, we make a little brief examination of conscience, and then we rectify that intention and begin again. That is the way to sanctify our work. This is essentially what St. Josemaria saw, that holiness depends on these conditions and not on what is carried out. We, could be, we can be anything. We can, be, we can carry out any profession or or any duty, any ordinary duty, and in fact, all the ordinary duties that we have to carry out are opportunities to unite ourselves with the love of God. That's why when Cardinal Ratzinger one time was asked, how many vocations are there in the church? The interviewer probably expecting a number like four or five, you know, priesthood, religious life, marriage, you know, and so on. Colonel Ratzinger surprised him by answering, as many as persons, as many as persons, each one of us has a call to holiness, which comes from our baptism. And it is up to us to make it happen. And, well, I don't want to sound like, like a Pelagian, that it is only up to us to make it happen. But we already count with all the grace of God. We have all the grace of God. And that's why the only thing that's missing is our contribution, our, our cooperation. Even though it is small and secondary, because God's work in us is the most important thing, his grace. What is missing is for us to actually carry it out. Because God has already given us everything that we need. To do. St. Josemaria was convinced that when God created us, that even before he created us, he thought of our mission. And when he created us, he gave us all the means that we need, that we needed in order to carry out our mission, whatever it might be. That's why we, we can assume that wherever we are, we have the grace to be able to turn that event in our lives or that contradiction or that cross or that illness or that work or that exhaustion into an occasion of holiness. And what we have to ask ourselves is, what does God want from me right now? And with the grace of God, we can do it. That was St. Josemaria's spirit. Therefore, today in our prayer, we can ask ourselves, do I work, do I work in the state of grace?
Do I go to confession regularly? St. Mary used to go once a week, which is a great frequency. It can also be once every two weeks or once a month, but something regular, whatever it is that, that God shows you. Do I work well? Do I finish things well? Or do I cut corners? Do I arrive on time? Am I punctual? Punctuality is not just uh, an issue of order. It's also an issue of charity. An opportunity to, to be there for the others who are waiting for me. Do I finish work on time? Sometimes we can get started really easily in the morning. But once we're in our work, immersed in our work, it's hard for us to get up. Even though it might be time to go to dinner, it might be time to go back to our family, it might be time to, to pray. And, and then we, you know, we give into workaholism, into perfectionism. And that itself is a disorder. It's not about just working you know, working and working and working. It's about sanctifying our work, which is, which means that we have to prudentially decide when it is time to stop working so that we can actually take care of other responsibilities that we have. Because we have to sanctify those as well. It's about finding that right balance in our prayer and in spiritual direction. In that quiet, in those quiet moments where we can actually think how to find God in those, in those responsibilities that we have. Do I transform my work into prayer? Mostly, I would say, through the Mass. Do I offer up my work at Mass? The Mass, at Mass, we, we come with bread and wine. The Christian community comes with bread and wine. It is not wheat and grapes that we offer up. It is bread that has been worked. It's wheat that has been transformed but through work into bread. And it's not grapes, it's wine. It's grapes that have been transformed through human work into wine. And once we bring them up and offer, offer them up to our Lord through the ministerial priesthood at Mass, then the priest in the very person of Christ transforms them into his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And that's exactly what happens to us when we offer up our work as well. We put ourselves on the paten in the chalice, as St. Josemaria would graphically say, so that we too can become Christ himself. All our efforts, all our endeavors, all our dreams can become something holy, and instru instruments through which we ourselves grow closer to God and through which many people around us can, can see a light so that they too can find our Lord in whatever they're doing. St. Maria had an example which he repeated often which can help us because at times work will become burdensome. It'll become repetitive, boring. And that's when we have to ask ourselves, 
where our Lord is. In the book, The Furrow, that St. Maria wrote and published posthumously, he says, You are writing to me in the kitchen by the stove. Think of a woman cooking. It is early afternoon. It is cold. By your side, your younger sister, the last one to discover the divine folly of living her Christian vocation to the full. There she's peeling potatoes. To all appearances, you think. Her work is the same as before. And yet, what a difference there is. It is true. Before, she only peeled potatoes. Now she is sanctifying herself, peeling potatoes. Apparently, this is a letter that he received of a woman who had a sister who had decided to say yes to God in her daily life, which was to be there, perhaps at home, building up the home. Very noble work. And she's peeling potatoes. And her sister notices something different. There's something, everything's the same, but everything is different. Everything's the same because she continues doing the same thing she was doing before. But now there's a light within her soul. Now she's sanctifying herself, peeling those potatoes. She has turned on that, that power of Christ within her. And now, even if her task is you know, simple or menial or repetitive or trivial, it doesn't matter. Because when it's done with the love of God, there is that newness that comes from, from that ordinary task. And now it's an instrument of sanctification. We could be awed by this. Because now there is nothing, nothing that we ever do that can actually work against us, as long as it's not evil. Everything can, can be rectified, can be lined up, can be the bricks that pave our path to holiness. With all these resolutions, let us turn to Mary, who was an ordinary woman. She didn't perform any miracles, as St. Mary would point out, during her lifetime. During her lifetime, she was an ordinary, simple Jewish woman. She went to get water at the well. She cleaned her house. She fed St. Joseph and Jesus. She did everything that every other woman would do. And yet, she did it with great presence of God, with the presence of Jesus. And she did it with great love for her son, for God. It is this that made her a great saint. And that's why, or in fact, not only a great saint, the greatest saint of all. That is why we want to turn to her intercession today so that we too can put this message of bringing God to our ordinary lives into practice, the message of October 2nd, 1928. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.